hey, you know what I believe? I believe every single person can make a difference and that we all have something amazing to offer the world. I believe in standing up for what matters and in putting one foot in front of the other. I believe courage is way more important than confidence and I'm addicted to seeing people break through what they once thought they couldn't. And that's why I started this podcast. I want you to believe in yourself. I want you to know that anything's possible. I want you to find the courage to stand up and do your thing. Everything's waiting for you. You just have to believe it's possible. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where your courageous life starts. Hey guys, and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. I absolutely love saying that, and I bet you know that. Have you ever thought about self-care or self-healing or any of that kind of stuff as a new age kind of concept you know when it's like oh yeah but that's just for hippies and all of that and I bet you have because I think that we're all being guilty of that at some point until we actually try it and then we think oh this is actually good this makes me feel good I love how I'm feeling how I'm behaving you know the way I'm interacting with other people it's actually making me a better person There's a lot of credibility in all of this stuff. And today's guest, I'm absolutely excited. I've got Katie Underwood with me and she has, you know, had a big history in the music industry, you know, as as a pop star and then moved over to all of this sound healing stuff that she's doing and what what a fantastic transition and what brilliant stuff she's bringing to the world. And so let me tell you about it. Katie Underwood is a certified meditation teacher and registered member of Meditation Association Australia. She's also trained in remedial and relaxation massage, Reiki, sound healing therapy, yoga of sound and traditional Tibetan sound healing. Katie is also a multi-instrumentalist, a vocalist, ARIA-nominated and APRA award-winning recording artist. She's been working in the wellness industry now for 10 years and the music industry for over 35 years. Her current passion and purpose is empowering people to enhance their self-healing with regular meditation, healing sounds and strong social connections online and in person. A prolific music producer, Katie has produced five meditation music albums in the last four years, which are Madrigal, Journey to Mantra, Awaken, Mantra Dreaming, and Mantra Rising. All of them are available on iTunes, Spotify, CD, and USB. Wow. Welcome, Katie. Thank you. Thanks, Karen. It's good to have you here. Yeah, good to have a chat. Now, your your music is, um, you know, you've got a long, long, long history of music. And, you know, I'm a muso. I absolutely love music. I think that, you know, a lot of people underestimate the value of it, you know, and it's such a universal language. It's absolutely fantastic. But you've been in the music industry for 35 years. And yeah. that's a, you don't even look 35. So, you know. Just... <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I guess I've always been involved in music. I mean, professionally, um, probably only about 25 years, but, you know, I, I started started initially with music, playing piano at the age of six. So that was definitely almost 40 years ago. Um, but according to all my parents' reports, I was singing from about the age of two and singing anything I could, ads on TV, nursery rhymes, whatever. 
I was one of those annoyingly happy children <laughs> that was always singing. So I think, you know, as to where the music comes from, it was always kind of innate. Um, but, yeah, I was blessed to have parents that introduced me to the piano young and then I got into choir um, and then, of course, as an adult, started with the professional um, professional music career, but that's the whole other story. Wow. So your parents aren't musical at all? No, my father is tone deaf, which is hilarious. <laughs> He's incapable of singing back a good note. Uh, my mum's very musical. She was um, a big uh, club goer, disco goer in the in the 70s. So we grew up with a lot of disco and soul. So she absolutely loves music. And look, she can sing, but she wouldn't call herself a singer. Um, but apparently my paternal grandfather, who I never knew, was a very famous uh, somewhat alcoholic jazz saxophonist. So he was very capable and talented in, in music at least, not so much in relationships. Um, and my my grandmother was an avid and keen piano player. She was no concerto piano player, but she had a real love of music. So there's definitely always been music around. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think I'm probably the first one in my family to sort of achieve any sort of notoriety if we'll call it that with uh with the music business yeah it's funny isn't it? my great my I've got none in my family either but my my grandfather's sister was a you know she could just pick up the piano and just start playing and she was just singing. but they all did that back then though I think yeah. that was a generational thing and my grandmother used to say you know it wasn't just whether you're musical or not everyone would just as she would put it in her words bash away at the keys you know yeah. there was no um, concern about how well you were playing but more that it was just something that people would do to pass the time you know they didn't mm. have internet they didn't have Netflix yeah. they didn't have any of that they had music and and some laughs so yeah it was a different time I think back then yeah a much better time if you ask me I yeah think, yeah wouldn't it be great if everyone now was just picking up guitars and pianos and it would be magnificent yeah I absolutely yeah. love that we're like um I'm, I'm thinking that, um, you know, you've had a big career and you talked about, you know, being in the professional um, world and you were one of the, you know, one of the members of the very famous uh, girl band, Bardo. So that's very much in the commercial side of things. And we, we, we yeah. all know that, that the commercial side of the music, well, we don't all know, but let's be honest, the commercial side of the music industry can be really dirty and grubby and nasty and greedy. And there's a whole lot of shit that goes down that a lot of people don't know about. But you've sort of taken a real sidestep and stayed in the music, but in a whole different light with your you know, your sound healing and your, 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 your meditative music and that sort of stuff. What, why did you jump ship? And I'm not saying jump ship to a bad place, a bloody fantastic place. What, what, what was the catalyst that did that? So, look, I mean, what you're describing is a long journey that's occurred over 20 years. So, you know, anyone to look back on the last 20 years of their life, you know, it's not just, it's not a jump ship. Yeah. It's not a day-night switch. It's yeah. something that evolves. So, for me, as you said, you know, I started in Bardo, very commercial, moved into dance music, which was still very commercial, a bit more aligned with where I was at, but still very much a product of, you know, working with producers, working with managers who are ripping you off, working late nights, two in the morning, drinking too much, smoking cigarettes, taking drugs, all of that stuff that people can do when they're young and I did all of that. But, um, you know, I hit a point in my life where I really just didn't want to be a part of that anymore. I was, I was still in love with music but I... I didn't want to have to be navigating through male egos and being ripped off and 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 abusing my body for the sake of maintaining a career. 
Um, so it was a slow shift professionally, I suppose, that echoed my personal journey, which is I, I wanted to get well. You know, I wanted to be a better me. Yeah. I wanted to get healthy. Um, and I had my sights set on, on having a family one day. So, you know, I realised there were some things that were really, really out of alignment there that I had to shift. So part of sort of cleaning up my wellness for myself was what attracted me to shifting from being a straight-up performer to going, well, maybe that music part of my life, you know, maybe that's done, and moving into the wellness space. And that's when I retrained about 10, 11 years ago, retrained as a massage therapist, mm-hmm. um, got into meditation teaching and trained into Reiki. So totally transformed my skill set mm-hmm. and kind of just made the assumption that, okay, you know, it was nice. I can look back and say I used to be a pop star and that was a fun part of my life, but now I'm going to be in the wellness space. Um And in those early years, I didn't think that the two would come back together. Um, But as it happened, I then discovered this movement called sound healing that was starting to bubble up in Western culture. Now, of course, sound healing has been around for tens of thousands of years. The didgeridoo is the original sound healing instrument used by our Indigenous people here in Australia. So it's not a new concept, but training as a sound healer in our sort of society was relatively new. And so when I discovered that, it's like all the pieces dropped into place. It's like, okay, wow, I can reclaim my passion and my talent for music, but do it in a way that's sober, that's mindful, and that's going to be helpful not only for me, but help other people um, feel more relaxed and more at ease. And that's kind of then where it's been at. And so the last five years of my life has been focused on this new form of music that's much more mindful, much more healing. Um, It's good for me. It seems to be good for the people that I'm working with and, and creating music for. And yeah, I'm just in a much happier place when it comes to my relationship with music than than I used to be back then. Yeah, yeah, I love it. When I, I used to do a lot of sound healing, well, I will call it sound healing, and you might be able to correct me on this, but with um, <laughs> with with chakras, you know, because our seven main chakras are, are, are aligned to musical notes and you know that sort of stuff. So, is that what you're doing? Is is it kind of aligns that, or or are you aligning? sort of healing all the minor chakras as well and, you know, the whole etheric field of people and just trying to balance the whole of of people or is there specific sort of, uh, you know, places you aim to heal when someone's not, you know, out of alignment or something? I think the better context to put sound healing in actually comes from my training as a meditation teacher. Yeah. And we know a lot more scientifically about the benefits of meditation than we do about sound healing. Yes, there's certainly information from the Vedic and Indian texts about certain notes aligning with certain chakras and um, to a degree that's part of it. But I find my approach and my application of sound healing is more about creating a space where people can move into a more relaxed state. So we're talking about, you know, slowing someone's breathing, guiding them to slow their respiration, getting them to move their body into a more relaxed state. And in that state, our own immune system is able to function a lot better. Mm. Now, as to how the sound works in, I don't view my sound healing so much as I'm going to make this sound and that's going to heal your liver or I'm going to play this tune and that's going to take your headache away. But more that um, guiding people into a conscious awareness of how they're experiencing the sound helps to really bring them into that present moment awareness Mm. helps them to be more relaxed and from that state 
then your body is able to um, release all those feel-good hormones, those immune-boosting hormones, and and elicit whatever healing it is that that person needs. So it's not so much that ego mind of I have some amazing superpower that I can heal you, absolutely not, but that I can create a space to support people to heal themselves. And, And bearing in mind, this is a complementary therapy. You know, we're not out there saying sound healing is a cure for cancer or it's a cure for migraines or whatever. But alongside the other traditional therapies, absolutely, incredibly helpful. Anything that helps you to be in the present moment, be more conscious of your body, feel um, more relaxed and more at ease is going to help your health overall. Yeah. That's kind of where I see sound healing landing for people. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's um, we 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 really are in a state, aren't we, at the moment? You know, human beings that we're so you know rushing. Even even with COVID slowing us down for a year, we're still in this crazy rushy state. That um, and when you talk about sound healing and stuff like that, people say, "Oh yeah, I don't have time for that." You know, I've I've got so much to do. I'm not going to lie there and just listen to music. You know, and that so that, that you can see that there's that there'd be quite a resistance to it. How, what sort of people are you bringing? What sort of people are naturally coming to you? Are they people who are open or people who are feeling like I've tried everything? I need to try something different because I'm just going crazy at the moment. What what? all of the above yeah Yeah. you know 50% of people who come are probably already into crystals or angels or you know they know about the chakras and and they're already very much aware of it um but easily half the people are as you've just described people that are curious you know maybe they've been going to therapy maybe they've got chronic pain maybe they've got PTSD they might have anxiety depression and that they've been advised to take up some form of relaxation practice whether that's yoga whether that's tai chi whether that's sound healing whether it's meditation and so they do come with um, a form of curiosity Uh, and it is one of those things that like any sort of healing modality not everything works for everybody not everybody wants to lie down for an hour and listen to sound for some people they'd rather have root canal you know that might not be everyone's you know bliss point yeah but for a lot of people, they will come and experience themselves in a, in a unique way, you know. And in answer to your sort of query, people say, oh, I don't have time for that. Mm. Well, generally speaking, we all have time to veg out in front of the TV and watch probably an awful lot of Netflix or Stan or whatever. So that argument doesn't really hold much weight, you know. We all do have time to take better care of ourselves but it's how we choose to do that. Yeah. You know, we're going to choose to do that, eating a pack of potato chips, watching TV, or are we going to go and do some yoga or play some tennis or or drop into a sound healing session? So I, I think, you know, it's all about choice. But people realise now that there are more choices. Yeah. Um, that the classic older choice would be, oh, I'm stressed. Well, I'll just hit the pub or I'll, you know, overeat or I'll overshop. Um, but now we have other choices where we can um, choose to do these other sessions and classes that will help us relax, but in a way that's going to make us feel better afterwards and not just compound the problem. Yeah, yeah. But we're terrible at putting ourselves first, aren't we? We're, we're just terrible at self-care. Like as a, as a society, and I don't mean individuals, but as a society, it, um, self-care has always been seen as that weakness. You know, it's like uh, if I need self-care, there's something wrong with me, Do you, you know, and I, I think that we, the sooner we can get past that, because I've been guilty of it, you know, it's always putting mm. myself last. And 
when you finally do stop and you do something nice like like sound healing or yoga or meditation you know that you and admittedly when you start meditation it's kind of like too many boats going through that head at once yeah look I think you know you've hit on a good point that that self-care is mistakenly seen as a bit of a luxury and something that we do if we have time yep rather than going no, I need to make time for this. Mm. Um, and I think uh, since becoming a parent, I've got two kids, they're almost 10. And, um, you know, when they were younger, I used to feel guilty if I went, oh, I've got to have a massage or I've got to catch up with a friend. But but now I know better because I know that I'm a better parent. Mm. I'm a better healer. I'm a better practitioner. I'm a better friend yeah. to the people in my life. If I'm looking after myself first and actually taking positive action before things go wrong you know it's rather than the old model is well I'll wait till I get cancer before I change my diet like I'm sorry but it's you know or I'll I'll wait to get lung cancer before I give up smoking I'll wait to have a mental breakdown before I go to therapy why wait until you're in such a state of distress Mm. um you know rather than get on the front foot and go well I'm not going to wait until I'm 100 kilograms overweight to start exercising. Why don't I exercise now while I'm well and happy? And it's a lot easier to maintain physical and mental and yeah. spiritual health rather than waiting until you're at crisis point. Yeah. Um, and I think we are getting better as society doing that, getting on the front foot, going, well, all right, I'm in my 30s, probably, or maybe 40s, probably time to start taking myself, taking my health and my wellness seriously. Um, and acting before, you know, I don't have any options left. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think on the one hand, yeah, generally we can say we're still terrible with self-care, but from what I see of people out there, men and women alike, people are getting a little bit more um, self-responsibility around, you know, yeah. the answer to my my world's problems is not always going to come in the form of a pill. There needs to be more self-responsibility I need to um, take action and be more responsible for my own happiness and I, I think people are getting better at that I do too actually and it's um but, but it's funny human beings are immediate people when you when you're talking about um you, you know well I'll wait until something happens because if I feel great today I'm not mean me but just human beings if I feel great today then then today's great and I don't need to look at tomorrow but we need to be a lot better at saying well anything can change and as we age you know I'm in my 50s and I can tell you you know you're talking about it in your 40s but as I know for and you'll be noticing this but every time you hit a new decade oh boy more and more things slow you down you know yeah and, and I think by the time you get into your 50s, you start saying, oh, you know, you know, things are slowing down a bit quicker than I expected, so I, I better do something. I, yeah. I love dancing. Every morning I dance <laughs> six songs every morning and, boy, there are mornings I get up and I think I don't want to dance one song. But, <laughs> but, but it's, it's the difference between whether you have a good day or a bad day, you, you know, yeah. is what you do for yourself. You know, I, I absolutely love what you're doing. Do you have a... Uh, like a physical space that people come into or are you offering it online as well or how do people get involved? Uh, bit of both, yeah. So to give you an idea of what I do, so my events are a combination of um, guided meditation, sound healing, and I also guide the group through vocal toning because I believe that with any practice, you know, that old saying of um, you can teach a man to fish or give either give a man a fish or teach a man to fish. So I love to teach people, empower them to um, 
to create their own good spaces. So for me, it's not enough for people to just lie down and listen to sound. I want them to experience sound coming from within them as well. So I'll often do guided toning. So as to where I do it, I tend to run events um, all over Melbourne at the moment at various different yoga studios so people can come to specific events, generally goes over two hours. Mm. Um, otherwise, I do, uh, because of COVID, I was for the first time ever stimulated to start offering online classes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I do offer that. I have an online events group. People can subscribe each month. And we do um, one-hour mantra classes and sound healing classes and this seems to work well, I think, for some people who are unable to get to events. Maybe they're injured, maybe they have young kids and just can't get away, um, or maybe they're interstate or overseas. And so that's given me a unique opportunity to connect with some people that can never come to uh, a physical event. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it tends to attract, you know, all genders, all ages, uh, which I really love. Mm. And that would be fantastic. I mean, the, the in-person events would be so much better, you know, because mm. you've got the energy of everybody it is. else. Yeah. Is. But but the fact that, you know, you're doing online and I was thinking, oh, would that? how would that impact the sound? But it wouldn't because it's no different to playing an MP3, you know, playing a song through your iTunes on your computer would still be having the same, you know, the same um, notes would still be coming through and the same tones and you know what, I look, I was a sceptic for a long time, Karen, and I resisted doing online and I actually believed that uh, it was not going to be effective. Yeah. Um, and I held to that belief for many years and then COVID forced me to reevaluate yeah. everything. And I I've never been so happy to be proven wrong. Look, I will say online is not the same as in person. Yeah. You can't compare them. Um, the fact that it is that sound is a vibration. So it's not something that we just hear, but it's something that you feel. Um, but apparently, for all reports, for people that are on my online events, and I have several people that will come to both live and online, and they love the in-person events, but um, they're still experiencing a profound shift in their own mental state and physical state um, through that broadcast. So it is amazing how much is still available to coming through um, in that set intention. But I think a lot of it too, it's not just about the benefit of sound. It's actually that these people will show up and give themselves that hour, you know, to just stop. And I think even if I did nothing, even if I just sort of turned the screen on, sat there and like, I don't know, played soothing lights or something, the fact that these people know, okay, this is my session time with Katie. I'm going to give myself permission to, you know, shut the door. The dog can go to sleep. The kids can go to bed. The partner can do whatever they're doing. That this is going to be my time for me. And I think that's a big, big part, not to discredit what I do. I know what I do works and is great, but also really just validating that people choose to just stop. You know, I think that's that's just such a huge part of whatever you're doing, that you give yourself permission to stop your regular life and go, no, this is my, this is my nurture time, you know. And, and in my events, some people will meditate, some people will chant along, some people will just lay back and listen and others will grab a nap, you know, the, because the sound will soothe them. And it really doesn't matter how or what it is that you're getting out of it as long as you feel better after you've come, you know, than when you first arrived. And that's if that's the case, then I'm happy. And I think that when you're in a subconscious state anyway, that's when that's when most of it happens anyway. So yeah. the more the more you know docile people are and in their space, that, that's actually better. Going back that's to right. what you were saying about, you know, through the through Zoom and through you know, through online mm. stuff and that, 
I think that, and, and I agree with what you're saying, that it's the feel of it, but I, I mm. truly do believe you can get the feel if you're in the right space with the right people. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, absolutely. A few weeks ago, I was on a, a Zoom call with the Dalai Lama. You know, there were 50 of us. It was just a beautiful. Wow. And I was nearly in tears the whole time. Yeah. Now, this was through a screen, but I could feel the, the energetic love that everybody was putting into this space, you know. And I think when yeah. you're talking about your shows, everybody that's there is putting that energy in. And I, I believe that you know, I believe in quantum physics. You don't have, it doesn't matter whether it comes to a screen or not. If you're joining space with people, they can be on the other side of the world and your quantum physics works together. You know, you feel, yeah. you feel it. And I think it's bloody wonderful. <laughs> you know, it is It is that sense of belonging, you know, and I, I think it's a huge part of the development of our digital world over the last, let's say, 10 years, loosely, you know, at first we thought it would make us more connected, but in a lot of ways it's made people a lot more isolated. Mm. So I think the value of creating these sorts of groups and, as I said, whether it's like your Zoom group connecting with other people in the Dalai Lama or whether it's something that I'm doing or people doing online yoga, that we start reconnecting in an online way but in a very conscious, authentic way and that the quality of our online um, connection is improving mm. uh, and that people understand that also part of the benefit is that sense of belonging you know it's some, whether you're you know you live alone a single parent or again you're, you're in a regional area it's really easy for people to feel isolated and this has a massive impact on your physical and mental health so being able to connect with these groups and feeling like you belong to a community that every Friday night you 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 know do I don't know basket weaving with your mates online or you or you connect with sound healing or meditation or whatever it is that you feel that you belong and this in itself also is a huge boost to physical and mental health so I think that's a big part of this uh, movement as well yeah oh I, I love it before you talked about vocal toning tell us more about vocal toning Sure. So vocal toning really is just uh, where we consciously breathe as deeply as we can and on the exhale you allow a tone. So when I say a tone, it, um, often I'll use the word om um, and we'll just inhale and then exhale the word om. But the reason I think it's important to differentiate toning from singing is if we say we're going to be singing instantly in almost everybody's head, there's some sort of judgment around, oh, I can or I can't sing. I'm, I'm good, I'm bad, or I used to sing, or I don't anymore. Um, whereas with toning, the emphasis is not on how it sounds, but how it feels. And by that, I mean that we're simply just allowing that vibration to occur. So one of the other health benefits of vocal toning is that toning, any form of singing, humming, or chanting, stimulates a thing called the vagus nerve, which is one of our cranial nerves, runs through the vocal cords, connects with our nervous system and actually helps to stimulate our parasympathetic nervous system, otherwise known as rest and digest. So this is one of the key players in our body's ability to relax. So vocal toning is really, really effective in activating that natural relaxation response. So it's kind of like this great fun biohack. Um, and I love doing this as a guided practice that um, particularly like meditation, the optimal benefits tend to kick in around the 20-minute mark. It takes about that long for the body to respond. Um, and it's the same with vocal toning. We'll create a space where the group will tone together for around 20 minutes and then you get this wonderful relaxation benefit 
Um, and then also, if you're lucky, your body will release these beautiful uh, high chemicals like serotonin, oxytocin, and you can often feel quite naturally high after it for even hours at a time. So, yeah, I found that in the context of my events, it's a really lovely additive. It ties in with the musical aspect of healing with sound therapy um, and it ties in with that community connection. Mm, I, I love it. And I love it. I love when you're talking about the sound, the, the vibrations, because, you know, when we're talking about our cells, you know, and, and, and cells succumbing to cancer and, you know, and all mm. these other illnesses we have, it's when you, you've, the vibration is on a beautiful high frequency, that's when our cells are going to heal themselves better and i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna straight out categorically say that you know just by humming a few notes you'll cure cancer that's not what i'm saying <laughs> no but de- certainly you know we put a, when we have chemo and radiation and that we're absolutely absolutely hammering our body you know with mm. some terrible terrible stuff and sometimes that's the only choice because it's gone so far but when we vibrate, you know, our cells are vibrating at this beautiful high frequency. They're, we're hitting hitting notes that are that are naturally healing, you know, and naturally, um, I'm not going to say curing, but naturally helping the curing process, you know. And and it's I, I think that I think that we miss a lot of this stuff and a lot of this old, you know, Ayurvedic stuff and you know, you know, ancient stuff. We we quite critical of because us, us you know new age white people we know everything to, you know and i think mm. we've we've got to really take the time to look back at these ancient things that have been going for a long long time and they've been being used for a long long time you know even the pyramids you know i i believe they were used as healing temples you know People say to me, sure. rubbish. You know, they've just built built by people lugging up rocks, and I don't believe <laughs> that. I don't believe any of that crap. You know, hundred percent. They believe they were used as you know with light prisms and you know light here, yeah, and all that kind of stuff, and it, right on the grid. You know where it's perfect. <laughs> I think we we've we completely missed the boat <laughs> with all the. I think there's a. I think there's a lot that we still don't know. Yeah. I'll um, and a lot that we can be in wonder of. But I absolutely, um, you know, agree with you about the Ayurvedic and even Chinese medical way of looking at the holistic system, you know, that um, in the West we tend to separate mental and physical health. And I think that's a huge mistake. Yeah. Um, you know, when you were talking before about um, getting in that positive state, you know, the, the phrase that springs to my mind is that if we, if we feel good, we heal good. Yeah. That's good. And really seeking out practices and and whether it's something as deliberate as yoga or meditation or whether it's catching up with one of our best friends over a cup of tea and laughing for three hours, you know, that could be your wellness practice for the week, you know, catching up with your bestie and having a laugh Um, because these sorts of feel-good activities, whatever they are, um, as long as they're not involving more toxins like alcohol or cigarettes or drugs or whatever, um, if it's making you feel good, your body's going to heal good. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm a big believer in that. You know, in Chinese medicine in particular, when you have a, a consult with a doctor of Chinese medicine, they won't just ask you how your body is. They'll ask you how your relationship is. They'll ask you how your diet is. They'll look at everything because they understand that all of these things form part of your whole. Um, so I, I think, you know, Western medicine is starting to understand more and, and take on the great wisdom of these um, these ancient belief systems. And, yeah, if that includes 
this practice of sound healing now, then all the better. Yeah, that's awesome. Do, do you think that you were like innately this type of person? Do you know, do you, do you think that when you look back over your life that you were just one of these people who just always accepted or was curious about these alternative things? Or do you think it had to be put in front of you at a certain time? I think I've always been interested in, I've always been interested in learning. Um, I'm a, my, my astrology is I'm half Sagittarius, half Capricorn. So my Capricorn side, I'm very serious. I like to know things, but the Sagittarius is, you know, the archetypical archer. I'm always sort of looking forward for the next thing. What can I learn about now? What can I expand now? Where can I travel to now? Who can I talk to now? So I've definitely always been one of those people that's highly stimulated by people with different experiences, different belief systems, you know, tell me about this, tell me about that. Um, but obviously just kind of navigating my own way um, through that. But, you know, for me professionally, I think when people ask me that question you did at the beginning, you know, how do I go from being in a yeah. <laughs> Australia, an Aussie pop band to being a meditation teacher now roaming around, you know, Victoria um, doing events, it's that, that my personal metaphysical and health journey has dictated where my professional journey has gone and that one is always a reflection of the other. Um, yeah, so I'm sure that will just continue to evolve. Who knows what I'll be doing in 10 years' time? We'll have to see. Yeah, but that's what that's what makes us better humans, isn't it? You know, yeah. that, that willingness yeah. to evolve and the willingness to change and not be so rigid. I think rigid, I think rigidity is actually harmful. Do you know, I, I think the yeah. flexibility of just be, you know, be, I don't mean not have a plan, but I'm just saying be a little bit flexible a bit with where you're going. And I think that's great. You talked about traveling around Victoria, you know, and yes. doing all these events. You are coming to Gippsland on the. I am coming to Gippsland. Yeah. So I've been invited down by um, Gippsland Kirtan, which is amazing. Uh, and they're running a really special event. It's a full day event. So they're calling it Live From Your Heart. Yeah. And I think the encouragement is, is around all the things we've just been speaking about, you know, encouraging community to get together, inviting people to have a look at wellness, whether you're talking about physical wellness, mental wellness, um, or simply just giving yourself permission to, um, to immerse in music and relax. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the event is... Um, Ideally, it's an all-day event, so I'm going to be running one of my um, two-hour workshops. Yeah. There's another facilitator, Miroslav, who's going to be talking about speaking from the heart. Yeah. So he's an embodied speaker. So that's going to be really inspirational, perhaps for people that are looking for direction or looking for how do they connect with their, their passion, their purpose. Um, and then Gippsland Kirtan are going to be running a Kirtan event, which for people who they don't know what that is, it's essentially kind of like a call and answer musical experience where the band or the musicians at the front will be guiding through various matches and then you simply participate either by uh, responding and chanting along or just simply listening and enjoying the feel-good music, you know. Yeah. So it's going to be a beautiful feel-good day um, and then they finish off with a beautiful dinner at the end of it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward. I'm going down for the whole weekend, so it's going to be super nourishing. So hopefully I'll get to see uh, some people face-to-face -face down there as well. Yeah, that'll be fantastic. I think that, you know, when you talk about the you know, Gippsland Kirtan and you say the Kirtan, you know, people are like, oh, I, I don't know what that is and I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, what if I look stupid? You know, what if I feel stupid or that kind of stuff? You know, we've got to be a lot more open to things. We've got to try more things. We've got to be, you know, you know, step into spaces that 
oh, wow, I didn't know about this. And now I feel a lot more full. You know, a lot, I feel a lot more alive because I yeah. stepped into this space and enjoyed something that I never knew existed. And Well, I think, um, I think TV has done a lot to damage people's relationship with how musical they think they're allowed to be, you know, and, and my, my role in that is probably not helped, you know, that, that now because of the advent of all of these reality TV shows and these singing contests, people think that unless they're really good, they shouldn't sing at all. Yeah. And that's totally the wrong message, you know, getting back to what we were talking about before where my grandmother or your grandparents, they didn't care whether they could <laughs> play the guitar well or the piano well or, I don't even think my grandma could really sing in tune, but you know what? That did not stop her doing it. And she was from a rural um, area as well. She was from a small town in South Australia. And, you know, back in the day, you would just get around the piano in someone's lounge room or maybe you were hanging out outside under the stars, you know, around the fire and someone would pick up a guitar and someone else would bang on some sticks. There was no concern about how good it was. Yeah. It was just this understanding that we're, we're spending time together we're going to be musical, doesn't even need to be good, but we're going to have a laugh and enjoy ourselves. Yeah. So I think, you know, the invitation in coming along to something like a curtain night is to be reminded that you don't need to know the words. Yeah. You don't even need to know anyone else there. But if you like music and you like to feel good, then you come along and you have a go. And whether you end up sitting there laughing at yourself or just having a good time, um, that you get in there and you just you just have a go and give yourself the opportunity to feel good yeah. um, and to experience something new and not be worried about whether you're going to know what you're doing or not or whether it's yeah. right or wrong and really just sort of care a little less, you know, and live a little more. Yeah. I think that's that's what I want the invitation to be for people. Yeah, I love that. And and when you're in the space, you know, when everybody's there in the same space, the energy rises like it's so good. Yeah. There's nothing better. There's yeah. just nothing better than being in a room full of people. There's music happening. People are clapping along. Like again, even if you're at, a, I've been at Kirtan where they're singing some mantra. And I don't know what it is, and I'm like, I don't know this one, but I'll just, you know, I'll clap along and I'll sway and everyone's happy you know what's not to love so yeah look it's a lot of fun for anyone who the word curtain seems scary don't be scared it's just music you know it's not going to hurt you come along have a laugh have some fun um and just feel joyful you know that's what I want people to experience in in any aspect of music that they get involved in yeah I, lo I love it I've been to a few with like you know Amachi you know Amar have you, you heard of, yeah, from, um, she was, she's from India and she. Oh, the one that would hug everybody. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. And I've, I've been to two of hers, you know, in the past. Yeah, like, right. Before, and, and, you know, and she, she, I don't know, both times, she, maybe she thought I was a devil or maybe she just thought it was <laughs> nice. I don't know. Both times she hugged me. Then I went to walk and I come back and she give me another <laughs> hug. I'm going to, I'm going to take it that, you know, she loved my energy. It might, might, might have been yeah. that she thought I needed extra. Drugs. I'm not sure. <laughs> it was absolutely fantastic. But I'm going to put the um, yeah. I'm going to put the links to for people to book in the in the sure. in the show notes because I think that it's a it's a wonderful opportunity for people in Gippsland to experience something really beautiful and to yeah. really participate in it. So I I think that's just fantastic. What about your kids? Are they 
do they come in tow, you know, and, and, and get enjoy it and be part of it? Or are they oh, look, they, they love music. They don't come to my events just yet. My, I've got twin girls. They're nine years old. So they're, they're a little bit restless to come and, you know, sit and meditate with me. But they absolutely love playing on the drums at home. We have native drums. They'll tap away on my hand pan, which is still tongue drum. Um, and both my girls are very much into singing. So one of my daughters has just joined her school choir. Not any encouragement from me. I mean, I, I will encourage them, but I'm, I will never be a stage mum for them. <laughs> but when she said she was keen, I'm like, okay, well, you'll need to, you know, ask about that and find out what you need to do. And um, so, yeah, at nine years old, they're now taking a bit more action in, um, you know, developing their own musicality. But, yeah, we love it. Look, we're always singing. We've always got music on in the car. So, yeah, there's no doubt that my girls are infused with music kind of 24-7. Yeah, that's beautiful. And and you, yeah. you're a kickboxer as well. You don't practice that with yeah. kids. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I got them. Um, in COVID, I was doing my sessions via, um, you know, FaceTime with my trainer. I had a boxing bag in the garage, so I bought them like little, little, you know, kitty boxing gloves. But um, they weren't into it too much. But yeah, look, I love kickboxing. As you mentioned, as we get older, parts of ourselves start breaking down. So in my forties, my back started breaking down. So I thought, well, I'm either going to sit and feel sorry for myself for the next forty years, or I'm going to build it back up. So I took up kickboxing a year and a half ago, and it was the best thing ever. Um, it's made my back really strong, and and Look, the mental health benefit of punching and kicking the shit out of something, I can't tell you, it's so good. It's like better than, I mean, I do therapy as well, but my kickboxing is its own form of therapy. I just, I love it. It's, it's a very nice compliment to my meditative state. You know, I'm half Zen, half aggro. So I accept my light and shadow, you know, I deal with both of them. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's it too. I'm, I'm really loving and kind, but, gee, there's a part of me that can't stand things. I've got, um, I've got a boxing bag, you're hanging boxing bag in the shed or punching bag, and, and you yep. know, I'll, be, I'll come home some days and I'm furious. I just can't even think straight. And I'll go out there and give it a few good whacks and, and I, I say a few words that are, I can't say on the podcast, you know, but it, it takes me... I reckon, you know, three or four minutes and I'm like, yeah. oh, I can't be bothered with this anymore, you know, and it's just out That's of your it. system in no time. And I, th I think that you, you're right. And I think you've hit on a really good point there is that sometimes when we're doing all this really love stuff and light stuff and, you know, and everything else, healing stuff, people think that we're on this positive psychology journey and everything's pure and beautiful. And I think that as human beings, we have got that duality. You know, we have got, um, we should be expressing ourselves fully in, in our light and, and we should also be embracing our darkness and accepting it. It doesn't mean we should be going out there punching the shit out of people. That's not what I'm saying, but we should accept that we do have this darkness and it's going to show up and it's, it's how we deal with it and how we channel it is what's yeah. important. We shouldn't. Definitely. The no, the wellness journey is not about just pretending to be love and light, you know, and I'll often say in my events, you know, that meditation isn't all fairy floss and rainbows. Sometimes you go into meditation and you realise that you're frigging angry about something or you're sad about something or you're in grief or you're frustrated and that these feelings come up and that they're there. And the whole point of um, meditation in particular is not to try and dismiss or repress any of that but to go, oh, wow, 
far out. I'm a lot more angry about this issue than I thought I was. Well, now I can take action. Maybe I need to have a conversation with someone or maybe I need to get on the punching bag or um, or take positive action to actually deal with it mm. rather than just suppressing these feelings. So, yeah, I'm a big advocate for really being real about yeah. wellness. It's not about just, you know, positive Facebook memes and cat pictures and pretending that everything's great. Sometimes it is. But, you know, some days are, are hard and we need to just face that head on and be able to um, be real with ourselves and with people in our lives about that as well. Yeah, and I think that that's everywhere. It's not just a wellness. Yeah. If we can be true and genuine and be be real, I think I think we're going to get a hell of a lot further in life. Just And sometimes we're not good people. Sometimes we're not. And sometimes we're saints. Do you know? And Nobody's it, perfect. <laughs> we're humans. We can't be. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. Uh, look, I've absolutely loved this. I, I, I really, really love it. And this podcast is about get off the bench and you've got, sure. got, gotten off the bench in great ways yeah. and, and and really sort of said, no, I'm going to go, I'm going to go and do this. I'm going to follow my heart and follow my, what feels great to me. And I love that you um, are bringing it to other people. You didn't just go meditate and say, well, that feels nice. I'll keep it to myself. You're like, oh my God, <laughs> can get out there and give this to so many people and, you know, make, make the world better. So, um, yeah. so it's to inspire people to get off the bench. So what advice would you give to people to get out of their own way that's the first thing and start doing that thing that will set them free and just step into their own truth you know just to I think it's a reminder that life is not something that happens to you life is something that you can create yeah uh, and for me I've come at my life that I I understand that I'm the creator of my own life yeah of course there are things that do happen to us that are not in our control but most of what happens to me in my life is, is born out of something that I've created, an idea that I've had or something that I've started. Um, I think probably one of the most helpful things for me in, in you know, launching into taking on new ventures, whether it's doing more study or, or um, you know, doing a jazz album or, or, or travelling overseas to go to a conference, you know, at, at, at six months' notice or whatever, um, to rather than think about, well, this is a vision for what I want, Oh, I don't know how to do that, so I won't do that because I don't know how. For me, if I go, all right, um, I want to put on a concert with four sound healers and I want to have, like, food and I want to have art and I want to sell products, well, I don't know how I'm going to do that, but here's the vision and maybe there's some people that do know how to do that that can help me, yeah. you know. So I, I think for me it's about letting go of the fear of, of not doing stuff just because you don't know how. Yeah. If you have a vision for something, whether it's for yourself or your community or your family, you go, well, this is what I imagine. Now, reverse engineer that. Well, who could I speak to who might be able to help me work towards that vision, that goal, whether it's something personal like a health and fitness goal or whether it's something really big like I want to build a community centre for my town yeah. or create an art fair, you know, in my local community because I want to boost, you know, interest here or, or whatever it is that people want to create. That don't be stopped by the I don't know how. Yep. Sometimes just having the right idea is the biggest part of it. Yeah. And then you can always find people that can support you. Like you go, okay, well, I want to raise $100,000 for my community to, I don't know, create an arts community. But I've got no idea how to do that, you know. But maybe you speak to someone down the road who's an accountant or a bookkeeper and maybe they do know, you know, and they can point you in the right direction. So 
I think for me, it's that. It's that having the vision is the magic. And then look, look for people to support it. Just tell people what you want to do. And it's amazing how people will show up for you and go, hey, that's a really good idea. I know this person or I've got connections with that company. And before you know it, you've got, you know, a dozen people helping you get where you want to go. And whether it's just something for you personally or something for your community. So that's that was sort of the big game changer for me probably about 10 years ago. And as you put it, getting out of my own way, you know, not yeah. Not choosing to not do things because I just didn't think I had the skill set. It's like, don't let that get in the way. Yeah. The idea is all you need and just go from there. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely love it. Yeah. And it's 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 just so true. When you decide to do it, the universe conspires to make it happen. I don't care. What yeah. It, it works. It's uh, Yeah, it does. Yeah. So you... Um, you any books coming out you're going to write a book i <laughs> <laughs> oh, look I've, it's funny you say that i've i mean i've seen like i see psychics you know every now and then i'll go to mind body spirit i'll have a reading or whatever i've been told for years that i'm going to write a book um and i believe that i will but i don't know what it's about yet <laughs> so i i couldn't tell you um i imagine that i will have written something at some point in the next 10 years what that book is going to be about is yet to be revealed but um, I think one of the great things about writing is it's not age dependent. So, you know, whether I'm in my 50s or my 60s, we'll, we'll see what happens. But at this point, no books, just uh, just albums. I keep creating music. That seems to be where I'm at for the moment. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I wrote both my books in my 50s, so don't worry. It's, uh, there's plenty of time. There you go. Oh, I've got, I'm only 45, so another five years and I'll get the pen out. I reckon I'll be ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever it is, it'll be perfect timing. It'll be perfect yeah. topic, whatever it is. But um, So speaking of you, we're going to wrap up, and I've just absolutely love this, but we are speaking of your albums, like you've got albums, you've got events, you've got so many things happening. So uh, where can people find you to find out all this information about you, start following, start subscribing? Sure. Look, probably the first place to go is just my website, which is um, underwoodhealing.com. Yep. So from there, you'll find links to Facebook. You'll find Instagram. People can come and see me in appointments. There'll be links to iTunes if they want to chase up the music. Um, so that's probably the first best place. Or otherwise, if you're on Facebook, like lots of people are, just search for Katie Underwood. You'll find my page and that's got all my events um, and if you can't find what you're looking for, then you just send me a message and I'll I'll answer your question as it comes up. Yeah, fantastic. And you're on Instagram and you're on LinkedIn yeah. and, you know, all that. Just, all <laughs> that kind of stuff. All the places. Yeah. I'm all, in all the places. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to put all of those links in the show notes anyway. And this, is, this has just been sensational. And I truly hope people turn up to that event. But I also truly hope that people get on board and start, you know, working with you and following you and just, you know, tuning into some of those amazing sessions that you're doing. Because every time you sit down to do something like that you're putting so much energy out there into the world and the ripple effect we will never know you know what that yeah. ripple effect does for the for the world for the planet so I just love what you're doing and I'm thank you uh, I'm <laughs> so happy that you came and joined us today and you know it's been great it's been delightful to chat with you thank you so much all right well I hope to right. catch up with you and and I hope so too. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thanks, Karen. Bye. Bye. Ta-da.
Oh, guys, how was that? I absolutely love that conversation. I loved it. And you know what? We're not putting our self-care first often enough. We've got to shift that. We've got to take care of ourselves or we won't be any good for anybody else in the world. And because most of us people who serve others are, are the ones that are the most guilty of not looking after ourselves first. So, and self-healing and all that kind of stuff is just, you know, it's so essential. I absolutely love what Katie's doing. I love the fact that she's doing it through music and sound healing and, and it's it just creating a much higher frequency on the planet. And, you know, I don't know if that makes sense to everybody, but every time you do something like this and you, you, you start off a vibration and a frequency and, and, and more and more people join and more and more frequencies join, it, it becomes greater and higher and it's just put such healing energy out into the world so I absolutely absolutely love what she's doing I could bang on about this all day now if you are around you know you can get to Mafra on Saturday the 19th of June come and see Katie at the event for for Gippsland Kirtan and you you can get that through Katie's page or you can go to Gippsland Kirtan on Facebook and click on to the event through their page and that will be absolutely fantastic. And like she said, lots and lots of immersion and lots of fun and just enjoy the moment and just clap along or just, just be in that space. How fantastic. And enjoy a beautiful dinner too that night. That's just amazing. And what she didn't say during the interview, Ed, because I only she only told me about it when we were saying goodbye, is that she's also going to be in Warrigal on the Sunday, the 20th of June in the afternoon at the Wesley Church Hall. So that might be something else that you can get to if, like me, you can't go on the Saturday. But anyway, everything is on Katie's website, which is underwoodhealing.com, and that's going to be in the show notes. But regardless of whether you go to either of those events or whether you do any of Katie's stuff or subscribe to her online or do whatever you do, please start putting self-care first and start, you know, healing yourself in whatever shape or form that takes and just helping to raise the vibration of the planet and to take care of yourself. So all of that, none of that, you can't go wrong with any of that. That's just all fantastic. Anyway, I have absolutely loved this conversation today. Hope you have too. And I really hope it gives you some great food for thought. So much for joining me. And I just so appreciate it. So thanks again and have a wonderful week. And I will see you next week. Hey, thanks for joining me. It really does mean the world to me. Now, if you or somebody you know is doing amazing things, make sure you send me an email to info at getoffthebench.com.au. That's info at getoffthebench.com.au. Otherwise, head on over to my website at kerenvaughan.com and tinker around there a bit and send me a message. Okay, catch you next week.